would you help me free Life Chapel? You in the room and online, put your hands together for Ronnie Dawes. Come on, Ronnie. Come on, Ronnie. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Are you guys excited? Yes. Yes. Who said bring it earlier? Somebody yelled, bring it back there. Who's the, how you doing? He's about to bring it. Scott brought it. Um, before we start, I will say this. Uh, the, I probably need to make this disclaimer. The team that I coach that's in your wallet, uh, I don't think they charge like 19%. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's probably like 29. <laughs> I was kidding. Now, good people at American Express, if they hear that, they probably won't have me back. Um, can I tell you something that's funny about that? I, I, we're going to talk about today perseverance. Say perseverance. We're going to talk about that. Um, when I um, started out with my career speaking, uh, I worked for a guy, his name was Mr. Clemmer, and he was great. He was fantastic. West Point military graduate, uh, very intense person. Uh, he was like a bulldog on a pork chop kind of a guy. You know what I mean? Like very intense. You ever been around anybody like that? Just yeah. intense, you know? And uh, I, I went to work with him, and, uh, he, you know, being the, the way that he was, uh, he, I'll tell you, he, he, he pulled some things out of me that I didn't necessarily know were there. And so uh, working for him for five years was fantastic. I worked for him for five years. Uh, I, I say was the most difficult years of my life. Well, it was the greatest years of, of my life. And um, anyway, I, I, in working with him, he, he, he called me. I say called me on things, but he would get in my face basically and say, hey, if you, you say you're going to do something, right? You know, do it. You know, don't say you're going to do it. He said, don't give your word if you're not going to keep it. Like, he was that way. And um, anyway, when I, when I worked with him, uh, it was five years. He, he had a heart attack, and he passed away very suddenly. I had to step out on my own and decide whether or not I was going to start to build my own speaking career and have my own company like his. His company stuck around for a while. His wife ran the company, so I wasn't going to take clients and people that the company had worked with, I was going to go create my own, which I think is the right thing to do. You understand? Doing it the right way. It's like somebody leaving a church and going, you know, a quarter of a mile up the street and starting another church trying to pull all the people from this church. It's kind of like, really? It's like, really? Like, that's what you're going to do? Like, that's the best you got? That shows me you got a lot of faith in you that you just need to go right up the street. Like, really? There's a big world out there and you're just going to do it on my block? Okay, cool. Anyway. But I didn't do that, right? I wanted to start on my own. And, and it was very, very challenging. And we went from having some income to me saying, I'm going to stand for this and believe that I can make this happen, right? I'm going to believe that all this training and the things that I've learned and all the promises that I feel like I've gotten and, and heard, uh, that I can stand in those and keep at it. Well, can I just tell you, financially, it, was, it did not go well in the beginning, how many of you have ever been through a time where you were counting pennies to put gas in the gas tank? You ever hear that? Right? Right? I've been there. Cars repossessed. Know what that feels like. You know, some of you guys are like, yep, I'm telling you. I was talking to my daughter Addison last night. I was talking about some of the CEOs of these very powerful big companies now. They weren't always the CEOs of these big powerful companies. They were people that were just believing in something a little bit more than other people believed in. And so... They stuck with it. And so in the beginning, we didn't really have any money. Messed my credit up. 
I don't know if you guys can agree or know anything about that. You know what a credit report is? Them people that rate every single thing you do. If you breathe too hard or too much, it goes on your debt-to-income ratio, and they'll throw it down. Messed all that stuff up. And here's what was really cool for me. And I'm just telling you this, and we're not even into the message yet, but I set a goal. I said, well, if I, if I believe in this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make some money, and we're going to build the business, and I'm going to reach some people, and I'm going to share this content with people, and, and we're going to make it happen. And my wife stood with me on that. And do you know that I had a goal of having an American Express card? Just telling you it was a goal. Might not seem like a big goal for you, but I was like, I messed some stuff up, so I want to see if I can get these things right, and I want an American Express card. I, I want to get that. And do you know that I finally applied for an American Express card, and I leave to go, um, actually to fly to Phoenix, Arizona, to do a training for American Express, because they called me, asked me if I'd go train their leaders, and I did. And what was crazy is the first time I ever trained them, I'll go to Phoenix, Arizona, and I trained the leaders at American Express, and, and I crushed it. <laughs> they loved it. They invited me back. It's cool, right? Doesn't matter if you get invited once, because it's, it's really about where you get invited back. Not twice, actually. It's three times. Three times the number. Because the second time, they might just want to invite you back so you can try and redeem yourself for how bad you screwed it up the first time. But the third time. But anyway, I went and did the American Express training, and I got home. And sitting on the counter in my kitchen was an American Express card from, you know, it didn't have anything to do with the training that I did. But yet, at the same time, when I got home, I looked, and I'm like, wow, things can change for you if you just don't quit. And this, seeing that card and having that card now, I just told my wife, I was like, I was so excited when we got that American Express card. I was like, let's go to breakfast the next morning so I can just hand them that. And we went, and I handed them American Express. They're like, sorry, sir, we don't take Amex. I'm like, oh, man. Oh, man. So mad. No, I didn't. I didn't. And then I had her pay for breakfast because she's sweet. She does that. Uh, Anyway, but the reason I'm telling you this is Scott mentioned that. Um, I, I have gotten to go to a lot of great places and do a lot of things, but I'm only, I believe in my heart, beginning to see the things that have been promised to me during some pretty dark times. Do you understand? And when you go through dark times, you have to be careful because you either stand on certain promises or during tar- star- hard times, difficult times, dark times, you start making agreements. And if you start making agreements with yourself that you don't have what it takes and that you can't do it and there's no way that you can win, if you start making those agreements and you start believing those agreements because you talk to yourself so much when, during dark times, the next thing you know, you just really stop believing in yourself and, and good things stop happening for you. But I believe that if we made it through what we made it through in this last year, that there's going to be some really good things ahead for us. Because the last event that I did, I, t- I told Scott and Cindy this, it was such a, a, a great gift, the last church I spoke at before the COVID stuff happened and all the, I don't know, you guys ever heard of COVID? There's a little thing that went down, a little bit of something went down. Like who would have thought that the things could have gotten the way that it got in the last year? But this was the last event that I did for a church and it was really wonderful having such a fun experience with you guys and, and taking that home for the next year knowing that, hey, once this is over, we're going to jump back in, we're going to make some cool things happen. Um, it was really a blessing to me. And so if you're sitting in here today, here's what I believe. I can say this because uh, I believe you're here for a reason, that there's some really good things that are about to head your way if, say if, if you don't quit. That's the big thing, if you don't quit. And so um, I want to say this to um, Scott and Cindy. Uh, you guys are unique and you're different. My wife is here, Jennifer. Um, we've been together 17 years. Pretty cool. I blessed her, I know. Scott said I married up, but here's the question. 
do you think I'm married up? Probably, I mean, if you see her, she's beautiful and wonderful and kind all the way, not just on the outside. You can dress up the external and have an ugly spirit. She's got a beautiful spirit. She's sweet, sweet, my wife. Um, when people say, man, Ronnie, you married up. And then I just ask the question, well, what would it say about me if I didn't? <laughs> That's good stuff, dude. Dude, let that, you put that in your pipe and smoke it. We'll see how that works out for you. You know what I'm saying? I win. Come on, say, I win. Come on. I win. I do good. I do good, right? My daughter Addison, who's over there in the office, she sat through first service. She's great. My, Addison, my daughter Addison looked at me. I was taking her to school the other morning. She looked over at me and she said, are you winning, son? I was like, who are you and why are you talking to me like that? She was I was wondering if you were winning. I was like, you know what? Yes, I'm winning. Thank you for asking me that. But Scott and Cindy, such a wonderful couple, such great leaders. My wife doesn't, it's not that she doesn't like everybody. It's just that I'm very protective of who I bring my wife around. I think one of the jobs that I had when, when we got married was to protect her, protect her heart, protect her from drama. Doing what I do, I hear lots of drama a lot. People, a lot of fires. I help people to put out on every level. Uh, I've tried to protect her from a lot of those things because, hey, I, I get to draw from that. If I can protect her from a lot of drama, when I get off the phone or come home from traveling and it's just this wonderful wellspring of awesome that I get to be with, I think that's part of my job. But I don't, uh, Jennifer, my wife doesn't come with me on every trip, but she came with me this time. And I'll tell you, yesterday we, we spent the time with Scott and Cindy and last night she's like, I really like them. I was like, they're wonderful people, aren't they? And I, and I told her about them over the past year. I said, they're wonderful people. And um, they wanted to be Addison and Kennedy's um, aunt and uncle. They said, could we, could we become that? And I said, you know what, after yesterday, for sure. And I def they definitely moved into that position. Also, one more thing of good news. Uh, it, is, it's, it can be a bromance both ways. It's good, man. <laughs> Are you winning, Scott? I'm winning, baby. <laughs> it's good. Good deal. I'm excited. So let's do this. Here's what we're going to title today's message. We'll call it The Power. Say The Power, the power. of Perseverance. Perseverance. How many of you know what perseverance means? Right? Raise your hand. Kind of know what I mean. It's definite. How you define something is ultimately a belief system. Right? Like it's just a definition for you. Uh, the word perseverance is very powerful. I don't know if, if you guys know this or not. Um, uh, Pastor Scott mentioned it, but um, I, I began working with NASA back in July of, no, I'm sorry, September of 2015. Really awesome opportunity for me. I went and spoke at an event. Uh, there was a lady there that liked me a lot, and she said, you know, I want you to come work with our teams. I had no idea it was NASA. Um, they start interviewing, talking to me, and then they tell me really who they are and what they're about and what they want to happen, and uh, it, was, it was incredible for me. You know, you hear people say sometimes, duh, it ain't rocket science. You ever heard somebody say that before? Yeah. Down there, they're like, uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> it's, it's, it's rocket science, so you better bring, 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 bring it when you come. So uh, I, I started working with them, and um, NASA became this thing that now when I see the NASA symbol or the American flag, because they're on the rockets and so forth and all that work, um, it's something that really means a lot to me. You know, yesterday we get here, and, you know, obviously Cape Canaveral's here and Kennedy Space Center. Um, we see people with NASA shirts on and so forth. I, I get to help those teams, and it's neat. I didn't finish college. I got sick going into my junior year. And um, for me, sometimes I think, oh, wow, you can go all the way to NASA and train leaders at Kennedy Space Center, engineers, rocket scientists, without a college education if you believe in what you do and you do it well. Right. And so don't get me wrong, education is important, right? I think you should get all you can and can all that you can get, you know, that's what they say. Uh, but life will give you more than an education yeah. if you're willing to pay attention. And that means that we persevere, that we stick with it, and we stay in it. And so I've been working for Na with NASA for five, six years now. Uh, at the end of last year, uh, it was July the 23rd, 
uh, I got asked to have the conversation with NASA and facilitate a conversation uh, regarding Black Lives Matter and, and some of the things that we can do sometimes, our lenses and our prejudices and things that sometimes we don't even know that we're doing or seeing. And they called me and asked me to have that conversation with them with all these department heads. I, that's a b- pretty big conversation. And don't get me wrong, there's a lot going on. I was like, wow. And then I thought to myself, why would they call me? And then I thought, who else are they going to call? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you got to believe that about yourself sometimes, right? You have to talk to yourself that way. And so for me, um, NASA and space is a big deal. You know, there's a scripture in the Bible that says, the heavens declare the handiwork of God. And the guy's name was Werner von Braun. He was a scientist that was big in starting NASA. He was on his tombstone when he died. But uh, when I look at space, we live in Arizona now. We live in the desert. You can see stars all the time. I sit out back. One of the most spiritual things I do is sit out back looking at the stars. Because it reminds me there's a lot more going on than what I might see just on Facebook. (laughs) You know what I mean? Or social media, right? And so it's a big picture out there. And so NASA represents that for me. Um, And so it's really wonderful. But uh, this past uh, February the 18th, uh, NASA landed a rover on Mars 300 million miles away. It's called the Perseverance rover, right? It's, that's it. I don't know if you, that's it right up there. Um, has all these little cigar tubes on it where they're collecting soil and they're putting it in all these little cigar looking tubes and then they'll blast it back off into the atmosphere and another, uh, a different vehicle will pick it up in space and then blast it back and get it back here and they can study and find out whether or not um, Mars is actually habitable whether we can live there. If there's been life of any kind there, that's the purpose of perseverance. And so for me, like with this example, perseverance is about finding out what life could look like. Because all of us have persevered to a point to where we're here, but really what got us here may not be the thing that necessarily will get us to there. So we have to keep persevering and paying attention and doing certain things to make us better. Would you guys agree? Say perseverance. So uh, let me give you the definition of perseverance. I, I, was, I had this down. I didn't, I didn't say it in first service. But here's how perseverance is defined. To do or achieve something despite difficulties, failure, or opposition. It's to do something. How many of you guys have ever faced some real opposition or some failure or some rejection or some challenges in your life? How many of you? Raise your hand. If you aren't raising your hand, this is what I've learned, if you aren't raising your hand with a question like that, you just haven't lived long enough. Yeah. It's coming. I promise you, right? Life will, life will challenge you, but the question is, will you choose to persevere? Right. That'll be the question or not. You can quit, and some people do. Some people check out. Um, they, they have died before they are dead. They've given up on the dream and the hope and the thing that they believe that they could do. And so today what I want to do is I want to talk to you about perseverance, and I'm going to give you four things. Say four. 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 I have five, but I'm going to cut it short. I'm going to stick a little more with one of the points here. Um, But I want to give you four things about perseverance. Now, there's a scripture in the Bible. It it comes from uh, Hebrews chapter 12. Here's, Here's what it says in the scripture. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, which I believe means all these great examples of leadership. You look around, you can find great examples of leadership. If you look around hard enough, you can find poor examples of leadership. People that really aren't leaders, they just call themselves leaders. They just happen to be in a position that looks like leadership, but they're really not, really not a leader. Haven't even learned to lead themselves well. They just give orders, tell other people what to do. 
But, and, and some people grade at that, right? Like, that's not leadership. But uh, anyway, it says, since we're surrounded by all this great cloud of witnesses, all these examples, it says, let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin, which sin means basically missing the mark, what I would say, the mistakes, and the sin that so entangles us, and let us run with perseverance the race that has been marked out for us. How many of you feel like that life's a race sometimes? How many of you feel like you're racing for something? Here's what I have found, is that life is a lot like a race. But you got to learn to go at your own pace, right? you got to make sure you take, take care of yourself along the way, right? If you run a marathon, you don't approach a marathon the same way you would approach a sprint. Right. And the people that sprint, it's like burst out of the gate, bam, I'm in, I, that's it. People that run marathons, now they're thinking long term, right? People that run sprints, it's like an immediate gratification. I'm going to do it, the gun goes off, and now I'm in it, and then I'm done. Uh, immediate gratification is something that I think is killing us as a society, I think we have to learn the longer-term picture, and that's where perseverance comes in. And so there is a race that we are marked for, and that's what I want to give you some things around today. How many think it would help you if you could just have a few insights, maybe a few tools that you could use as you leave here today, help you persevere just a little bit more? How many of you think you could use some tools, right? Um, I help people to sharpen the tools they have in their, their toolbox. That's what people ask me. What do you do? I say, I help people sharpen the tools in their toolbox. But here's the thing. If I give you something today to help you sharpen the tools in your toolbox, you still have to be willing to carry that toolbox to the job site, the workplace, or wherever it is that you've been called to. You know, it doesn't do any good to sharpen the blade, but leave it at home. If you're not going to go out and do, you understand? And so sharpening those tools. And so it's about being able to persevere. So I'm going to give you four things. Four things really quick, and then we'll be on our way. Okay? Four things. You ready? Say, I'm ready. ready. Here's the first thing. You've got to know about perseverance. Number one. Perseverance requires focus. If you're taking notes, I would say write that down, right? Mentor mine used to say a short pencil is better than a long memory, right? How many of you have ever had a great idea? That's amazing. You'll make so much money with that idea. This is amazing. And you don't write it down. And then you're like, what was that idea again? You ever had that? You ever left church and Scott delivers a, a powerful message? And you're like, man, that was amazing. And somebody's like, tell me about it. And you're like, well... All I know is he quoted Ronnie Doss a lot. That's all I can remember. <laughs> I don't know. It's so good. But if you're writing notes, I would recommend writing this down. Perseverance requires focus. All right, focus. Here's what you need to know about focus. Right? Um, what you focus on expands. And your life will move in the direction of your most dominant thought, which is ultimately what you focus on. Right. Say focus. focus. Now, here's how your brain works. Can I give you a little neuroscience? I didn't do this in first service, but I was saving it. I want to give it to you guys, right? You guys like science? Science good, right? Yeah. Some of you think faith and science can't mix. Come on. Really? I'll tell you, some of the smartest people I know are faith people. They use their brains a lot. You understand what I mean? Like, I don't think when you decide to be a faith person, that means that you should check your intellect at the door. I don't, you know what I mean? Like, you, you, your brain is hands down the most important organ in your body. But then if you think about which organ is telling you that, <laughs> the brain's like, pick me, pick me. I'm up here. <laughs> so good. Here I am. Anyway. But what you focus on expands. And here's what your brain lets in. Can I tell you what your brain lets in? Your brain lets in things that you feel are valuable or things you feel are threatening. So things of value or things that are threats. 
How many of you have ever tried to read a book while you're at the airport? Have you ever been to the airport before you travel? How many of you have tried to read a book at the airport, right? And there's all this noise going on, loudspeaker, people walking by, all this noise and chaos. When you decide that you are going to focus on the book, what happens to the rest of the noise and all the other things? It starts to blur out, right? It's called cognitive tunneling. And so your brain, when it focuses on something that you would say is valuable, it locks into it, blurs everything else out. And so let me just tell you a little bit about intelligence really quick, just so you'll know, because we're on that vein. Um, when someone says, I-, I just couldn't get it, I guess I'm not smart enough, it has nothing to do with intelligence. It has everything to do with value. If you knew your life depended on it, you would learn it. If you made your life and your purpose and better and your goals and what you would achieve so that you could then have something to serve the world with, if you made it so important to you, you would be digesting anything that you could get your hands on to make you better because you know how valuable it is. What you decide is valuable is what you let in. It's not about the decibel level of what you hear. It's about importance. When something's important to you, you let it in. What you focus on expands. Let me tell you something else about focus. You guys listening? You can only focus on one thing at once. So the question would be, in any moment, what are you going to choose to focus on? I said yesterday, there's a quote by Nikola Tesla. Nikola Tesla said, a busy mind and a disciplined mind are not the same. You must learn to discipline your mind to focus on the things that are going to serve you to feel better so you can then do better to take the action toward the thing that you say that you want. I don't want a busy mind. I want a disciplined mind. If I notice that my mind is trying to take me somewhere that I know is not going to lead to anywhere good, I've got to be willing to pull it back, put my focus on where it is that I want to go, and tell it, this is what we're doing. Sometimes you have to learn to talk to yourself, not listen to yourself. It's a powerful concept. What you focus on expands. You can only focus on one thing at once. Your brain lets in things that it believes are valuable. So if you haven't learned something to this point, you say, well, I didn't learn about that. Maybe it's just because you don't believe it's that valuable. Or maybe, can I take it one little step deeper really quick and then I'm off of it. You guys still with me? You tracking with me on this? Maybe I take it a little bit. Maybe it's not that you don't think that thing is so valuable. Maybe what you've decided is valuable is that you are right about someone who couldn't understand that information anyway. You're welcome. Y'all rewind that one and go back to it. (laughs) What you need to be right about, you will find evidence for. If you believe you're not smart enough and that you won't be able to comprehend the book anyway, you won't even pick it up and read it. And then at the end of the day, all you get is right about how you don't have that information, and that's the reason that you're not being successful. Do you understand what I mean? If you eat it long enough, you learn how to digest it. Can I come back? I want to finish on that thought, Scott. Next, I'll be, I'm just kidding. We're not doing baptisms. I'm coming back next week. No, I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. You guys don't know. Give us baptisms. (sighs) Say focus. Focus. Perseverance requires focus. Here's the second thing I want you to get. There are three phases of success. That's what I've learned. When you're persevering towards the thing that you would call success or the thing that you would like to create, there are three phases to that. This is what I've learned, all the people that I coach. I coach, I think, 50-some teams that I get to coach with via Zoom, Google Hangout, Microsoft Teams, uh, FaceTime, all those different things throughout the weeks. I get to work with a lot of people in a lot of different areas. Um, Here's a few things that I've learned about success. There's three phases to it. Three phases to success. Say three. Three. Here's the first one. First phase of success is simply starting. You ever met somebody that was great at starting? 
Is that you? Any of you? Like, yeah, I love starting. I'm going to raise. No, I'm not going to raise my hand. I've halfway raised my hand. I'm going to raise all the way. I'll just start raising my hand, then I'll quit because that's what I do. <laughs> that's who I am. Accept me for who I am. I'm a half hand raiser. <laughs> Starters. Can I tell you something about starting? Starting doesn't last. Starting doesn't last. I meet people all the time, career starters. Today, I want to be an astronaut. Tomorrow, I'll probably want to be a hairdresser. <laughs> yeah. Next day, I'll probably want to be an engineer. Next day, I just want to be a stay-at-home mom. <laughs> Next day, I'm going to start. Do you understand? Career starters. Starting doesn't last. First phase of success just doesn't last. Second phase is what I call the middle. Say the middle. Oftentimes what we call this is the plateau. You guys know what a plateau is? When things level off? This is the middle. Second phase of success is when there's the middle. Here's the third phase. All right. Is the finish. Say the finish. finish. So you have the start, you have the middle, you have the finish. The finish is where you get the trophy, you get the pat on the back, or somebody says, hey, yeah, you did it. Here's what I believe as a society we are being fed. I believe that we are becoming a people that are addicted to number one and number three. And we have forgotten about the second one. The middle is where it's at. The middle in marriage is where it's at. I just did a wedding in Tennessee. Two people I coached, both of them doctors, called me and said, hey, would you marry us? Would you do the ceremony? I'm like, sure, here's my fee. They said, no problem. I was like, I love weddings. No, I'm just kidding. They didn't pay me. I sewed into their life. I like sewing into people's lives. You know what I mean? You can't get anything back when you haven't sewn anything. You haven't planted anything. You, don't, you know what I mean? Like we reap what we sow. Right. Here's what I said at the wedding. I thought it was profound. Because I said it. Obviously. You guys are like, what, what is it with you, man? Here's what I said. I said, a wedding takes a day. A marriage takes a lifetime. Yeah. Marriage is about the middle. Relationships about the middle. The middle is when you start seeing somebody and you ain't in that honeymoon phase anymore and it ain't as sexy as it was in the beginning. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like at first, you're like all dressed up, can't wait to see you. Ooh, man. You know what I'm talking about? You first go out on a date with somebody, you got your hair slicked back, you got lard. You ever use lard? <laughs> Old Spice splashed on. Some of y'all got lard and using Old Spice and you're mad at me for saying that. But in the beginning, right, you know what I mean? In the beginning, everything matters. But then after a while, guess what? It doesn't matter anymore. Here's what I found. You can write this little phrase down. 99% of life is the middle. So you better learn to master it. Not just jumping to the start. Not just always hoping somebody's going to pat you on the back and say, hey, good job. If you own a business like I do, you have your own thing, you're working to produce, you got to do this, Right? I'm going to tell you, there's going to be times where you have to do the work and nobody is applauding you. Most people won't do that. The moment it gets quiet, you know what they start doing? I don't know if I can do this, man. Let me go find somebody to applaud me. And they run back and forth from being committed to it over here to being just meandering around over here. And the problem is they never stick with anything long enough. And I could say that about me. I had to learn these things about me. And so perseverance is about staying with it. And understand that there's different phases to success. How many of you want to be a success? Please hear me. How many of you like money? Thank you for a few people being honest. Let me tell you how I was taught. Can I just share this? This is this going to be in your face a little bit. My mentor, a guy that I said, if this guy says it, I'm going to listen to it because I tested him. I traveled with him. I was with him. Here's what he said. He said, if you don't like money, you're selfish. 
He said, because until you've seen someone else in a third world country die because nobody's got any cash, you don't understand, understand how powerful money is. So why don't you, because this is what he lived for, why don't you step up your game and earn the money, and then if you don't like it, give it away? Why don't you play at that level instead of sitting around judging everybody that's got a little bit and doing something with it? <clears throat> I like money not for the money. I like it for the opportunities that it creates to be able to do things. You know what I mean? And and so this is stepping up our game and understanding it's doing the things along the way that can create the opportunities. I didn't get, I'm just telling you, I mean, it's just being completely transparent. I didn't get invited to NASA the first day that I started speaking. (laughs) It don't happen the first day. You understand what I mean? People ask me all the time, like, Ronnie, how do you become a great speaker? I say, become a great friend, become a great leader, become a great reader, right? Be great at being humble. And then maybe when an opportunity comes, you get to step in front of a few people, however that's one person or whether that's a, a thousand people or a million people or whatever it is, and you can deliver. It's an old saying, nothing worse than not getting an opportunity except getting an opportunity you ain't prepared for. Mastering the middle means that I'm ready. You give me an opportunity, I've stayed for it. I've stayed ready for it. I said this is Scott yesterday. You stay ready, you don't have to get ready. I stay ready, but I'm still getting ready all the time. I'm mastering the middle. When the phone's not ringing, it hadn't always been ringing the way it is. Don't always get emails. Don't always have people say, hey, will you coach me, help me? It hadn't always been like that. It used to be crickets. Like, I was like, I want to do this. Cricket. Cricket, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Somebody asked me what I did in the beginning. I'll tell you what I did in the beginning. When I first wanted to learn certain concepts, certain ideas, certain insights, you know what I did? I took stuffed animals, put them on the sofa at my house in Atlanta, and started having conversations with the stuffed animals about how to give them breakthroughs and how to think differently. I helped Winnie the Pooh stop smoking. It was amazing. (laughs) You crazy. You talk you crazy. You talking to stuffed animals. I'll move the stuffed animals out of the way and the people are gonna show up. They will, I promise. Now, I had to believe it before it was there. I had to see the dawn before the sun came up. Mastering the middle, that's what it would do. Here's the third thing on perseverance. Perseverance gives us the chance, it gives us a chance to specify our daily routines and become more efficient in the things that matter. I'm going to give you this really quick. I'm glad I went with four, not five, because we, we're almost out of time. You can't keep solving the same problem over and over and over again in your life. You've got to learn to solve better problems. If you don't learn to solve better problems, your brain gets bored, your motivation leaves. And when your motivation leaves, you just don't have the feeling. And most of us are impulse-driven. We are driven by feelings. Someone asked yesterday, someone asked yesterday, how do you stay motivated? Young guy in the back talked about, his name was Will. He was asking about how do you stay motivated in the days and all that stuff. And one of the things that I said is motivation, it's a lie. Motivation is circumstantial. You got to do the right things even when you don't feel like it. But if you keep solving the same problem over and over, over again, your brain is going to check out. And you're going to lose motivation and all the feelings that it takes to dig in and persevere. Do you understand? And so you got to specify your daily routine. I used to tell myself I'm not a morning person. I used to tell myself that. And you know what? I am now a morning person. My wife will tell you I am up early. I'm spending time with myself in the morning, sitting outside. My daughter Addison, who's over there, and Pastor Scott and and Cindy's office is over there. uh, She's over there. She comes down. She'll wander downstairs sometimes 6 o'clock in the morning. She has to be at school at 8 I'm like, Addie, you, you're up early. She told me one morning, she said, I just want to get a jump on my day. I said, 
There you go. That's what I'm talking about. Specificity gives you power. Please write this phrase down if you're taking notes. If you're not taking notes, type it in your phone. If you're not typing in your phone, write it somewhere, borrow a pen. I don't know what you need to do, but this idea has helped me. Precision kills the demons. The demon of, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know what will happen. The precision of, no, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to get after it. I'm going to make it happen. My wife will tell you, my days sometimes, my days are down to seconds. Sometimes I'll look at her and say, I have 90 seconds before I have to do this. Sometimes I drive home from the gym working out. I break up my day. I come down from the gym and I drive fast now. I get where I'm going unless I follow a sheriff. And sometimes I don't even care. I blow past him. Catch me if you can. <laughs> no, it don't work. That does not work. Trust me. Radios are really fast. <laughs> I do drive a Tesla, though, and it is very quick. You guys know anybody ever seen a Tesla? Y'all know what Tesla is? Electric car, very, 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 very fast. But I bought a Tesla for me because I said it's going to represent me this coming year like the Tesla, which my Tesla is the fastest one that they make. It's fast, fast. I said, the Tesla is going to be like me this year. It's going to be quiet. I said, I'm going to make more moves and less announcements. Nobody's going to have to know what I'm doing. I'm going to do it quietly. I'm going to get it done. You know what I mean? That's kind of neat. That's my, my car. That's what it is, right? But my time sometimes down 90 seconds. Come in, I got 90 seconds before it's game on. I got to hit this link and it's on with a team in, in New York, on with a team in Washington, on with a team in Florida, on with a bit, whatever it is. Like, I'm on. I know my time. Precision gives you power because now you know what you can attack. An enemy that you don't know what it looks like will get you every time. You understand? But the moment you know what the enemy's face looks like, you can go after it. You can confront it. It's the old saying. It's the thing you sweep under the, the rug. Eventually, you keep sweeping it under the rug, you're going to trip over it. That little thing that's not that big of a deal, but you keep putting it off and putting it off and don't confront it with precision and specificity. If you don't confront it, it's going to get bigger and bigger and it's going to take you over one day. And it's going to peep its head at the most inconvenient time. You thought you were persevering, things were starting to go good, and then that thing you pushed away peeped its head again. You ever had that happen before? Like, oh, I thought I was past this, and it peep, peeps its head. Here's the last thing. I'll give you this, and we can be done. You guys got anything out of this this morning? It's Sunday morning. I hope you enjoy it. I don't know. You ain't clap yet. Don't clap. Shh. Hold up. No, y'all go ahead and clap. No, I'm kidding. Don't. Hold up. Last thing. Perseverance brings you face-to-face -face with you. Perseverance brings you face-to-face -face with you. Um, there's a scripture in the Bible that says a double-minded man or woman, double-minded person is unstable in everything they do. Have you ever heard that before? Yes, sir. yes. I have a question for you. Being all honest, how many of you have ever felt a little bit double-minded before? Like, I'm not sure. I mean, how many of you feel like you go back and forth some? Come on. Right, right? There's something really powerful about the complexities of life. And if you pay attention and you, you question things, it's really powerful about that. But what I have found is that through perseverance and doing the difficult things, that it's doing the hard things that I get to meet myself again and again and again. And I get to talk to myself about what's going on. And I get to assess if the impulses and the reactions that I have that I've been programmed by, whether it's television or society or parents or grandparents or friends or coaches or whoever it is, I get to ask myself, is this feeling and is this impulse really going to serve me to get to the next level? But if I don't put myself in these places of what we call intentional tension, then I may never get to meet this other version of me. And I live out a life that's very complacent and it's very average. 
Sometimes pain or difficulty will introduce you to a version of yourself that you didn't know was there. And I will challenge you on this. That if you will lean into pain, I don't mean creating drama. Please hear me. Some of you want to create drama. Some of you are warriors on the keypad. You get on Facebook and you're like, let me drop this bomb on somebody and walk away. That, that ain't real battles. That ain't war. That ain't, that's, that's sugar high. Dopamine drip. Feel good in the moment. You know what I mean? I'm talking about when you really decide to fight the fight in your day-to-day and get up and push past the pain of complacency and casualness. And I don't know if I want to do this or not. I don't know if I want to show up on my job and give my best. I don't really feel like it today. No, when you lean into that pain, you lean into that bit of inconvenience past those impulses. You meet a version of you that I believe you were designed to be, which is more refined, more effective, more enhanced. So you can bring more solution to a world that I believe right now is dying for it. You've got to be willing to lean into the pain of things. Growing a business, growing a ministry, growing a relationship, growing your family, growing yourself, whatever that is, there's pain involved. A guy named Viktor Frankl wrote a book called Man's Search for Meaning. In it, he said this. He said, if you want to be a source of light, you must be willing to endure the burning I think all of us want to see a light somewhere in the world. We want to see some light. We want to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And I say it all the time. Maybe you don't need to keep praying for the light at the end of the tunnel. Maybe you just need to do the work to be the light at the beginning of the tunnel. You become the light. You do the work. Perseverance will introduce you to a version of you that I think the world needs to see. We all need you. If you're sitting in this room, people sitting next to you, they need you. How cool would it be for them to see you on a tough day? You're walking in and you're crushing it. You're making it happen. And they're like, oh, yeah, this is my brother and my sister. They go to church with me. They're doing it. They're making it happen. That inspires you to be better. And on the days they're down, I think our job is to inspire other people to be better. So we have to be the light. we got to persevere. This has not been easy for anybody. This last year has been hard for all of us. It has. We never could have expected it. We never have. But here's what I will tell you. We are here, and it's a new day. I'm not worried about what's going on already. I'm worried about where we're going. I know that there's promises that I get to stand in myself, agreements that I can make with me, and there's a vision that I'm going to walk out for my life, and I'm not going to stop. And if you will persevere and do the work, nobody can stop you either. And that's a powerful thing to adopt. Do you guys enjoy this today? Yes, sir. Uh, we do have resources. I will tell you this. Scott's going to come up, and he's, he's going to close this out in prayer and just anchor this all down because that's what he does so well. Um, but I created these two resources for NASA. The program that I work with NASA was called Lion. And um, we have these outside, and they're $50 each, these CD sets. Last time I was here, we had Lion 1. This year, we have Lion 2. If you buy both of them, we're going to give you this little card. Um, oh, here it is, this little card. And on this card, it has a promo code in the website, the link you go to. And it's a $500 coaching program called The Essentials. I created this during the pandemic because everybody was talking about essential workers. I said, hey, we're all essential. And if we can work on our minds more than we can work on our jobs, we can get better and better and better and bring service to the world. And so we created Essentials. It's 500 bucks, $497. If you buy both these CDs, we're going to give you this promo code. You go to the website, you enter in your credit card, right, and the promo code. Credit card is just to verify your identity. You enter the promo code. It makes it free. It's a $500 program that's free. 
that you can watch on your phone, your computer. These are high-def videos you can watch on mindset, commitment, getting past resentment, frustration, no longer procrastinating. We call it the essentials, and we'd love for you to have that because the work that you guys have to do here at this church in your life and this community is big. I think you deserve to do it. The people you're serving deserve it. The world deserves that. So let's keep getting better, keep persevering. God bless you guys. You're awesome. Would everyone please stand to your feet and put those hands together. Just say thank you for the download of understanding that you just received. Listen, listen to me. Please, please don't go anywhere. Listen to me. If you're waiting on things to get spiritual, then you just missed it. Let me tell you what the church has really gotten good at. Pray about it and then walk away and get mad at God if it doesn't change. But what you just heard today is the reality of God's word that you have to pray and then you have to push. God's not going to do for us what we can do for ourselves, but he will get involved and push with you and be empowered by his word. Ladies and gentlemen, there is a responsibility on our lives that we have to do something with the good news, the truth of God's word. Everything Ronnie did, I was literally sitting there and I was putting scriptures beside the principles that he was delivering because it is total Bible. How many of y'all think Jesus had to push? Everything he talked about, Jesus was modeling in our lives. I don't like it, but because of the joy set before me, I will endure, persevere, and get through this cross. We've got to set our focus and go after some things, or we'll be right back here again in 2022, 2023. What are you going after? The greatness inside of you is amazing. Heaven believes in you. We do too. And that's why today's session was so important if we'll apply it to our lives. Ronnie just gave everybody in this room and those online a $500 gift. What will you do with the gift? Feed your head. Feed your heart. Apply these scriptures. Let's live this life, ladies and gentlemen. Let's not live for the miracles. Let's live for the moments. Put the moments to work and watch them work for us. I want to pray with you today because I believe that your best days are ahead. Father, thank you for your word that pushes and challenges us and does not let us sit still. It pulls the excellence out of us. It makes us change some things. It's less of me and more of you. I pray today, God, that you would just continue to challenge and stretch and let the words that Ronnie spoke today continue to bounce and echo through our head that, God, we will not settle for mediocrity, but we'll keep living to the high call of Christ Jesus. Lord, help us to move forward in our life using the gifts, talents, abilities that you placed inside of us, never giving up, backing up, or walking away, but, Lord, taking life head on, knowing that greater is he that is in me than the pressure that's in the world. We will not be stopped. We will not back down. We will not quit. We'll keep pushing forward because you're good. You're God. You've got a plan, and I know that as long as I'm holding on to your hand, everything is going to be all right. Thank you for victory in our lives. We call that done today. We will live forward with victory, with hope, with joy, and a face full of vision with everything that you're doing in our lives. Bless those watching online and in this room. Strengthen us that we will re-engage life, take it over, and move forward with the promises of heaven. We thank you for this all today in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Amen. One more time, let Ronnie know how much you appreciate what he's...